Naye Lupolwana on SAFM. Let me introduce you to our guest again for tonight. We do have Elder Lolonga Dali from the perspective of being an elder, from being the perspective of being a, a columnist, a journalist, and a PhD candidate. He's joining us now to give us some perspective. Amdala, good evening to you. Welcome and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening to you, Naye, and the listeners of SAFM. Thanks also for the introduction. I feel truly honored. Thank you very much. The honor is all ours, Amdala. Now let's let's get down to it. And I thought perhaps to give much more context to our guests, to our audiences, I want to read to them why it is important that we talk about elections in this conversation. In the month of August alone, the 23rd of August, we had the Zimbabwean presidential elections. And the 26th of August, the Gabonese presidential elections. And now in the month of September, the 2nd of September, well, was meant to be the Côte d'Ivoire elections. On the 29th of September, we will be seeing the elections, well, what looks like the elections in the kingdom of Eswatini. We know they will not be electing a king because that's what happens in that kingdom. They will, however, be electing in their Senate, their House of Assembly, the urban local elections, and Dingundla. We know that. Uh, well, whatever it looks like it. In October, we'll be seeing, on the 10th of October, we'll be seeing the Liberian elections, the Mozambican elections, and on the, on the 11th of October, the Malian elections on the 29th of October, and in November, we will be seeing the Malagasy people having their presidential elections on the 9th of October, 20th of December. The Congolese, the DRC, will be having their presidential elections. And also in December, still, we have the Togo people uh, also uh, having their elections. That's happening in the Comoros this year. <laughs> uh, the Egyptians also this year. The Ghanaians in the year 2023, the Guineans also in the in the 20, year 2023, the Libyans also going through their elections. The list goes on in Mali, in Somaliland, in Chad, in South Sudan. And next year, we're having the, the Malian, the Somaliland people, the Chadians, the South Sudanese, and the South Africans electing their president again in the year 2024. It's important, therefore. If we are going to be talking about elections, we need to understand. Seeing we're in election season in Africa, we need to understand. Should the people of faith be voting, Mda? Thanks for the question, Nai. I think this question is an offshoot of the bigger question, which is, should Christians be involved in politics? Well, unfortunately for us as Christians and the general public, there is no 11th commandment which goes like this, thou shall not vote or thou shall not be involved in politics. Because when you read the Bible, you will find that most Christians were involved in politics, whether to a lesser or greater degree. You will talk of examples like your Joseph, who went to Egypt, though he didn't go there out of his own will, was rather sold by his brothers, but he ended up becoming a prime minister of the country and ruling the country in the way that God would have loved to see how a country should be run. So as I say, this question is an offshoot of that bigger question. Should Christian voting in itself is a harmless exercise and an amoral exercise. There's nothing wrong with voting. Rather, it should be the person who votes should do so judiciously, according to my own opinion. Yeah, you're absolutely correct, Imdala. There is no verse that says thou shalt not vote. I do, however, wish to direct your attention to the book of John, chapter 18, verse 36. Do you have your Bible right. in front of you? The book of John, uh, chapter 18, verse 36. It reads, and I'm reading it in the NIV, just for the record. All right. I have no particular affinity towards any particular version. If people have an objection to the NIV, I can move on to another version, really. But the one before me right now is the NIV. It reads, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world if it were my servants would fight to prevent my me my arrested uh, by the jewish leaders but now my kingdom is from another place i want to read that again jesus said my kingdom is not of this world 
If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. This implies, and I could be wrong, Mdal, this implies that this Jesus that Christians are supposed to be following does not recognize any battles to be fought for anything that is of this world. He rejected participating in politics. If you're supposed to be following in his footsteps, shouldn't people of faith also be saying what this Jesus is saying? My kingdom is not of this world or else we'll be fighting for this world? It's true, it's true now, as you are saying that Jesus has said the words that you have just quoted. It is also true that the same Jesus was able to pay taxes as a citizen of this particular world. So when you try to, to link the two, what he was actually saying, according to my own interpretation, of course, it will be a subjective one, is that indeed, when he came here to earth, he didn't come to rule politically. He came to show people uh, how to live in an earth like the one that we live in, obeying God, carrying out uh, the instructions of God as they have been uh, expounded in the Bible. So he was not here as some Jews tended to think to free them from Roman oppression. For me, I think it was more of him explaining that one because Jews had a tendency of believing that there was going to be a Messiah who was going to come. And this particular Messiah was going to be their liberator from Roman oppression. So Jesus was trying to clarify that confusion, that his own kingdom was not necessarily a political kingdom, but a spiritual kingdom, as far as I know. That's my question, Mdal. Is his, if his kingdom is not a political one, why should Christians yes. find it a fine or participate in a political one as well? Many Christians are arguing their kingdom is as much as the Jesus's one, it's a spiritual one. All right. Yes, of course, that's one of the views that people always have when it comes to voting. Some would think that uh, when you vote, you might create a situation where whoever is going to rule this world might end up being like this or like that. But the point is, in the case of South Africa, the life expectancy is on average 65 years. Now imagine you are born say in whatever year that you're born in, you are likely to be ruled by people not of your own faith. Now, if you don't want to exercise your democratic right to vote, it means you will not be able to influence who vote, whom you vote for and who rules you. The chances are that you might end up being ruled by somebody whose principles are in direct contrast with the principles that you know from the Bible principles that Jesus also advocates. So voting is a civic duty. Voting also means you will have an impact in who rules you ultimately. Much as Jesus's kingdom is a spiritual one, we are still citizens of this earth. We have so many duties. We have to pay taxes. We have to do all other things that are done by other people. There is no, uh, what's this? Uh, there is no syndrome where the Israelites were in Egypt and then the place where they lived in was not affected by the the plagues that affected it. Whatever happens will still affect us, whether we vote or we do not vote. Did you find at any point, Mdala, that during the time of Jesus, yes. they voted in any way, shape or form? They did not vote, did they? And that was no, a they Roman did not because at the time, sorry for, for, for sorry the interruption, they did not vote because at the time they were under Roman colonization to borrow but a term. So they were never allowed to vote, but still they were taxed by the Romans. As we know that amongst others, Matthew was a tax collector and many other people, even Zacchaeus was a tax collector working on behalf of the Romans. So they were never allowed to vote because they were people under subjection of a Roman rule. So wherever you are under subjection, 
one of the things that will always happen is that those who subject you are likely not to allow you to vote, fearing that in the event that you vote, you might end up taking them away from power. And yet, that was not just Roman rule. To be very exact there, Mdala, there was, it was a Roman republic. They were governed. They had a governor there at the time. It was not uh, ruled under the Jewish monarchy. There was a Herod and a governor above the Herod, isn't it? Yes, indeed. As I'm saying, the governor was working more or less as a representative of Rome. He was working on behalf of Rome. Hence, when you read the book of Acts, where Paul appeals to his captors that I am a Roman citizen. In other words, he was saying to them, whatever you do to me, remember that as a Roman citizen, I'm entitled to certain rights that are accorded Roman citizens. That, that, that still doesn't answer my question, Imdala, with respect. It was a Roman republic. The very concept of a republic speaks to democracy, the, or at least a form of democracy that allows people to vote. And we see a form of democracy when they were about to crucify Jesus. Before they crucified him, they gave the people the right to choose, to decide. It was a custom at that time to give people whoever they want. And that's why they said, crucify Jesus and give us Barabbas. Again, it was not just Roman rule. It was a Roman republic. People did have a say. It may be to a lesser extent rather than a greater extent. But the very nature of a republic was such that they were able to have a say. So again, did the people exercise their say as far as their governance is concerned? Because we know from your scriptures, they did have a say. Let me answer like, like this. Firstly, let me just give my own definition of a republic. A republic is a form of government ruled by a president. There have been republics before. And also, let's not be deluded by the fact that people can vote. Uh, having the right to vote does not necessarily mean you will be governed correctly. A typical example is the Israel or Palestine of today. There are Palestinians who are living inside Israel. They have the right to vote. But unfortunately, they cannot vote a fellow Palestinian to the Israel Neset or parliament, as it is called. Now, even if the Israelites were still under a Roman Republic, the Republic was very much more of a Roman Republic than a, an Israelite Republic. The Herod was there because there's what is called in politics divide and rule. Herod, Matthew, and others could have been people who were like them, but they were used as part of the greater Roman tactic of oppressing the people, using some among them to get, to get from them whatever they wanted to get. So it was not a question of them having a republic where they would have the same rights that you and I would have here in South Africa where we talk of the South African Republic, which represents everyone who is inside the, the, within the boundaries of South I'm Africa. I'm not suggesting that at all, Mdala. What I am suggesting is they did have a say, and even that, they did not exercise it. If you're saying that be people have a responsibility, that would have no basis because in the time of Jesus himself, people did have a say. Again, the degree of having a say can be debated. I have no problem debating whether the say was to a greater or a lesser extent. But my point is, they did have a say. And I'm asking, that say, even if it is to a minute extent, they did not exercise it. Why? Because their Jesus at the time felt there was no need. If they had a small say at the time and they did not use it, why should they use it now? They have it at a greater extent and still they don't use it. Why? Why should they use it? Because we don't have a biblical basis for it. Or do we? Do we have a biblical basis for people exercising a democratic right when they have it? Well, there might not be a, a direct biblical uh, example. So where do you get that responsibility people... from then? Well, I'm, as, I, as I said earlier, I'm not, I, will, I will not be here talking for my church or talking for the rest of Christendom. 
I'm talking from a perspective of a particular denomination, denomination that I belong to. And I would say there is no law or no action that was taken by the church to prevent people from voting because, as you may know, countries do differ. I understand, Linda. I understand. My issue, yeah. remember, my issue is your statement, your, yeah. your, your posture. Your posture says people have a civic duty. And my question was, yeah. you don't have that civic duty represented anywhere in your scriptures. Put aside denominational politics and positions right. and doctrinal perspectives. Just from your scriptures, you wouldn't have a biblical predicate to support that people have a duty, a civic duty. That is something that you would have to say is eisegesis. It's something that you're adding to a responsibility that people already are failing to comply with. Do you have any scriptural basis to support the thesis that says people have a, a civic duty? People of faith have a civic duty to participate in local government or provincial or national elections. Okay, thanks for that one. There might not be, as I said, a direct biblical example where people, when I say people have a civic duty, it is because people live in this earth and people are part of the citizenship of a particular country. If the citizens of a particular country have a civic duty to pay taxes, so will Christians have a duty to pay taxes. If the citizens of a particular country have to vote, say in America, they usually vote on the 2nd of November. It doesn't mean that the vote is only open for those who might not be Christians. Everyone else has a civic duty. It might not be biblical, of course, but it's a civic duty derived from civic laws, derived from the constitution of the, of the country. Not everything is going to be in the Bible for us to do it or not to do it, as far as I'm concerned. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. I want to open the lines for you, Mdala, before we continue. Uh, we are engaged in a conversation with Elder Lolonga Dali, who's talking to us, uh, giving us some perspective, and you're hearing the tenor of his conversation with me. I'd love to hear your voice. I'd love to hear your take on it. Call us right here. would like to hear your take now. 0860002032. Again, 0860002032. Or you could send a text message or a voice note. Note. Here's our number. Write it down. Save it on your phone and send our WhatsApp voice note to 0614-104-107. Again, 0614-104-107. Try and keep your voice notes to a very bare minimum. I'd love to appreciate the fact that you have something to say, uh, but please keep it to a bare minimum so that we can get the gist of what you're saying. So, Mdala, if Jesus did not do it and he is your leader, why do you do it? Why do you impose responsibilities on people that Jesus never imposed on them? Yes, the issue of the text is he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. That he made a point of saying he himself went to a fish and got himself some taxes to pay. But he neglected to talk about elections. Uh, He neglected to participate in any form of governance. Quite frankly, he could have said, let's not even have the Sanhedrin because for them as Jews, they had the Sanhedrin that was ruling over them quite directly. But still, he had nothing to say, nothing to say whatsoever. Again, where do you get it from? You seem to be, uh, again, doing what the Pharisees did, putting calls on people, putting responsibilities on people that really are not necessary. Where do you get it from that they have civic duty? Okay, uh, I'm laughing as you're saying the last part of that. I'm putting calls on people. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one, but what I want to say here, as you said, you, you yourself, when you introduced the topic, you said, Jesus, quoting from the book of John chapter 18, that his own kingdom is not of this world, which is very much true. Yes. Uh, And Jesus came here with a different mission. As you may read from the Bible, uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 16, when he entered the synagogue on Sabbath, Mm -hmm. I think it was his uh, explaining or outlining his mission to the world. Yeah. Now, Jesus, much as he was a human, a fully human and fully divine. When he came, he came for a different mission. He did not come to involve himself in earthly politics. As you have said, he came because he wanted to show people uh, to be God in human form. Now, we are not gods. We are humans governed by fellow humans. Fortunately for us as Christians, we 
happen to know the characteristics of a leader or the qualities of a leader as explained in the Bible by voting. We are therefore saying we want to influence the kind of leadership that is going to rule us. Because uh, one can say, to cite uh, Professor Somaro Dafikeni, one said, politics is like the weather. Whether you prefer not to look at the weather forecast in the morning, ultimately it's going to affect you. So Christians are going to be affected by politics, whether they vote or they do not vote. And as I said, the life expectancy of an average South African is 65 years. Now, if you're going to say, I'm not going to involve myself in politics because I am waiting for the heavenly kingdom. What that actually means is that for the next 65 years, you are going to suffer from the kind of politicians that you wouldn't have voted for. Come, come now, Mdala, come. You, you know better than that. People are suffering in spite of the fact that they voted in all the elections that we had ever since 1994. People have been voting and the voter registration numbers have been dwindling ever since then. With the passage of time, we're having lesser and lesser voters in the voters' role. Come now, you know that. People suffer are suffering today as though there was no promise made to people of the Republic that there will be a better life for all. Really now? Are you really suggesting that okay, okay. people I, I don't suffer? On that one. Yeah. That could be true, but it's an exception to the rule. It's not necessarily the rule. Just because one or two politicians are found to be involved in craft does not mean that all politicians are as bad as politician A or B. There are good politicians out there, and the more we decide to not involve ourselves in these things, it means we're giving an opportunity for all the bad politicians that you're talking about and for the happening of what you've just highlighted. My, my own argument is that by voting, and by the way, by even by not voting, you are actually yes, making yes. an impact of some sort. Yeah. So it's better for as far as I'm concerned to vote so that you can be you can be able to say, at least I voted against instead of letting these people that are talking about to assume power. Because when they assume power, it means some of the things that you've mentioned are going to happen. My issue at this point, uh, Elder, is not about a politician or some group of politicians. I'm talking about right. the idea of voting so that you don't suffer. Your statement was you are going to be affected um, whether you participate or not. And you're going, why, yes. why not vote so that you don't, you don't suffer? And I'm suggesting to you that even those that voted do suffer. In Johannesburg right now, we have an epidemic of hijacked buildings which are now burning down. We have the second one that burned down last week. Uh, that did not only focus on people who did not vote. Even those that voted probably lived in that building in this country, the Republic of South Africa, with over 60 million people in, uh, of South Africans. They are suffering today because of poor service delivery. This is not because of a politician or some politicians. We're talking about governance that was voted for in our previous elections. We're going again to the next elections. Here's the question. Do we really mean that when people vote, they will not suffer? Because we know they did suffer in spite of the fact that they voted. I think to answer that one, it's a matter of perception. Of course, you may say what you are saying that people voted and they're still suffering. That's right. And I want to I want to repeat it. That's a matter of perception. There are people who voted who may say by voting, I've been able to achieve A, B or C. There are people, for example, who have been given uh, RDP houses. There are people who got uh, the SRD grant. There are people who are getting some other stuff That's who right. may be able to say, for example, it's just a Joe Beck without trying to denigrate what might have happened in Joe Beck. Okay. There are people in PE, yeah. there are people in KZN yeah. whose places have not been damaged. Yeah. Who are able to say, because I voted, yeah. this and this has happened. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why, that's why I'm saying it's a matter of perception. Okay, uh, I, I hear you. I want to take some voice notes for you. Uh, just before we go to the voice notes and the call, I can see you, Ali, not to panic. I can see you. Uh, we have a big problem there with that statement there. Remember, uh, Elder, the, the promise that was made to people of the Republic was not a, a, a better life for people in Kabecha 
or in KZN. Yes, yes. The promise that was made to voters was a better life for all, not just a better life for some. The problem we're having right now is that that promise of a better life for all doesn't seem to be translating to truth. 30 years down the line, as we vote in the year 2024, that promise is still, as the book of our president Mbegi says, that still is a dream deferred. So I really am not quite sure. For those who may be benefiting from that better life promise, uh, that could be a reason to vote. But what about those who have not benefited? Again, I ask. Particularly people. Okay, let me just invert the famous Abraham Lincoln quote who once said, You Think cannot not. fool all the people all the time. Okay. Now I'm saying to you, you cannot please all the people all the time. <laughs> okay. There are 60 million people, as you have just said. Yeah. And they voted, most of them. I, I want to understand that the last time I checked, there were about 14 million voters, yeah. registered voters. Mm. Of all the 14 million registered voters, some didn't vote for the ruling party. Yeah. And even amongst those who voted for the ruling party, there are some who are still complaining, being members of the ruling party, yeah. that I haven't benefited, yeah. although I voted for my party. Yeah. I, I, I want to go back to the earlier quotation. You can't please all the people all the time. <laughs> okay. There are some people who are going to benefit, that other people are not going to benefit. Yeah. Just because those who did not benefit some did not benefit. It does not necessarily mean nothing has happened. I hear you. Because, yeah, to some people, something has happened. To some people, absolutely nothing has happened. Yeah. And in most cases, that position is taken because people are fed up. Yeah. Which is a, a natural reaction when you feel that there is nothing. But the government is trying by all means to satisfy everyone. But unfortunately, that one is quite impossible to satisfy every one of the 60 million people that are in South Africa. Ah, okay, okay. I hear you. Let's take some voice notes. Um, Let's go to the calls first, yeah? Go to the calls first. Go to Ali in Mahi King. Ali, I saw you. Go ahead. Good evening. Good evening, man. Good evening. Good evening, sir. If you can help me, let the editor explain to me this Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. Yes. All right. Do you want him to explain it for what reason? No, just to read it and then I'll ask, I'll ask the elder. All right. Let me read it out loud. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. It's, it's, it's Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. Chapter 2, verse 4, beg your pardon. Verse 4 reads, No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. The commanding officer says his kingdom is not of this world. Ah. The commanding officer says that we are following him, not the elder. The commanding officer never got involved in Jewish disputes of the nations there. The, the commanding officer never got involved into entanglement. As, as soldiers, soldiers, they need to be rehabilitated into civic life. They are not part of the civilians. Okay. Okay. Now, as soldiers, as soldiers of Christ, we are not to be entangled into the affairs of this life. Whoa. And if, if the elder says that it's our civic duty that... That's the idea that is God who puts up and pulls down kingdoms. Okay, let's have him respond. Thank you very much, Ali. Wow, El Ali. Uh, Elder, would you like to respond to that? Yes, yes, of course. Thanks for the question from Ali. Interestingly, I'm sure Ali is aware that the letter comes from Paul. That's right. And he's writing to, to Timothy. To the young Timothy, and yes. And maybe it would have helped us if uh, Ali would have contextualized his question. But my understanding of this is that the same Paul that is citing, it is also very true that Paul was trained by Gamaliel, who was a lawyer. Yeah. Why would somebody who was supposed to be more concerned about heavenly kingdom involve himself in law? And I don't see it anywhere in the Bible where it was said that Paul was qualified in heavenly law. When he trained as a lawyer, he trained as a lawyer in the law of the land that he lived in. Was not that entanglement, baby? 
That's that's my understanding. And when he talks here in this particular verse, I have another version which says, a good soldier is totally loyal to the commander he serves. He doesn't get involved in civilian affairs, but his one aim is to please the commander who has chosen him. In the context of Christianity, in the context of being dedicated to the cause of Christianity, I agree 100% with him that you have got to be dedicated to God and you have got to be loyal to the faith or the to the faith that you have you are subscribing to. But at the same time, as I said earlier, we are living in this world and politics are going to affect us whether you believe that your kingdom is kingdom. Why, why would we still want to get employed in that case? That's the question that I would be asking. It's a rhetorical question to Ali. We still get ourselves to get employed. We still go to school. We still do many other things which we may not be supposed to be doing it. Maybe we should go the Mangoba way. Those guys who were in, in the trans sky who decided that they do not belong to this world. They'd rather stay in a commune and not involve themselves in whatever is happening in this world. That's, that, that's one extreme which I totally disagree with, that we should say we should not be involved. While you are still alive, we'd rather be involved to influence who happens to rule us ultimately. With respect to them, Dara, you, you did not respond to his question. He says, your commander has commanded you to focus on other things, has never commanded you to focus on civilian entanglements. That was his question. And are you suggesting that your commander says you have a civic duty? I beg your pardon. I think I answered it earlier that in the context of, of the church, one has to be loyal to the church. That's why I said I said he should contextualize the verse. No, sir. No, sir. His, his issue is not about the church. His issue is about yes. the commander. You're Jesus. You're Yeshua. Your Messiah is the commander, not the church. His issue is your commander did say he is not of this kingdom. So you're confusing and conflating church and the commander of the church. And his, okay, okay, uh, his argument is the commander has not entangled himself with Jewish civilian matters. Kind of respond to that. Okay, thanks. Excuse me for, conf conf for confusing these things. Well, the point is, much as Jesus kingdom is not a political kingdom, it's a spiritual kingdom. Yes, it, it was a spiritual kingdom, but we still live in this world. That's my argument. Just like we he lived in, in this world. He lived in this world. whatever happens, yeah, I beg your pardon. He lived in this world as well. That's why he came to exemplify he how to live in this world. world. Yeah. He lived in this world, but much as he lived in this world, he did not come to be a ruler of this particular world. I think somewhere in the Bible, without citing too much, in the book of John, he said the ruler of this world is about to come. But that's an argument for another day. But the point that I'm driving at is that if we're going to interpret the Bible the way we feel that uh, it suits us, because I'm saying there were guys who were thinking like Ali, the Mangoma brothers in Engob, they were saying the same arguments that we should not involve ourselves in these things in working. That, that's why I was asking a question from Ali. Why is he still going to work? With respect, sir, th that's not what Ali was saying at all. That's not what happened during yes. the time of Jesus either. They were not, the people, yeah. the people in the trans sky were rather extremists. We don't find any yeah. practice akin to those people in the scriptures. That's not what we see in the scriptures. And I don't even want us to confuse and conflate the situation okay. that we, say, we saw with them. We have those fringe groups Hello? and those fringe groups are not who we are talking about today. What we're talking about today yes. is the example set in your scriptures of what people who believe in your scriptures should live like. I want to take another call for you, Mdala, if you permit. Let's go to Parktown okay. North. Voiceo, good evening. Good evening, Naya. How are you? And thanks uh, to greetings to your guest as well and the listeners. Mm. Uh, for, yeah, for me, Naya, you know what? I, there's a lot of uh, complicated stuff. I'm not a Christian. But I'm a, I'm a student of knowledge. I, I read everything, uh, you know, especially that concerns spirituality and religion, in order for me to know what is happening. The, in uh, Luke 17, verse 21, 
uh, 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 Jesus talks about the kingdom is within you. It is within you. So this whole misconception, misinterpretation, and deception of the Bible to the poor people, because if you look at if Jesus ever walked on this earth, he was a social activist, he was a revolutionist. He, he wanted justice for, for the people and pursuing righteousness, not for the leaders to live the best life on earth, while if they tell the subject, the followers, that uh, they will be rich in the next world. No one has a clue of what is going to happen in, in, in that afterlife that they're talking about. They don't know. It has not been revealed. To, 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 to human beings. Uh, sorry, just a, a minute, uh, a second. When I was doing my research, I went to all those churches, you know, in Philadelphia, by then, uh, my village of Mataba in, in Jordan, and I went to Damascus. In Damascus, I was concentrating on people that are over 80 upwards. What did they hear from their grand, great grand offenses? No one guy, two or three, four old men told me, look, it was Paul's story. He was walking alone. He himself interpreted it. Forgive me, forgive me, Vuiso. I, I, I do wish that we focus strictly on, on our subject for today. I, I do yeah, appreciate okay, that. But I do, yeah. The kingdom is within you. That kingdom yeah. that they are even, even on that, that, that text you've quoted doesn't say that. Luke chapter 17, verse 1 says, Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. That's Luke chapter 17, verse 1. It doesn't say the kingdom of this. Within. Me, I think she said 21. Luke 17, verse 21. Verse 21. Yes. Okay. Yeah, verse 21. Verse 21 says, Nor will people say, here it is, or there. It is because the kingdom of God is in your midst. All right. It's within you. All right. Thank you very much. We're going to move on. Um, we're going to take some voice notes quickly. I think we've got nine minutes remaining. Let's go quickly to the voice notes, Sylvester. Uh, okay, let's take a break first, and then we'll go to the voice notes. Go ahead. All right, let's quickly go to the voice notes. Go ahead, Sylvester, play the first one. Hi, this is Daniel Joshua Chalan. There's two scriptures that stand with me as far as your topic is concerned. Okay. One, Jesus said, the poor you have with you always. And then he says, in my father's house, there's many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. For we are living in this earth according to scriptures of the Bible. I'm visually impaired, therefore I cannot quote the real scriptures at the moment because what I have in my mind is the only thing that I can really quote. But all I like to say is, we are living on this earth, we will go through pain, suffering, and everything that is in it. Because Jesus says, the poor you'll have with you. Poor, the poor people go through the pain, suffering, no homes, and trials, tribulations, and testing, just as the rich man. But it's the rich man that's supposed to assist the poor man to go on, which doesn't happen in our natural world. Therefore, the government promises a lot that they cannot keep. They don't need the votes, and they do the whole lot of promises. Only your freedom and your eternal, with eternal life with Jesus will come not in this kingdom, not on this earth, but in the kingdom that Jesus Christ has promised. Thank you, and God bless you. Thank you, Daniel. Move on to the next one quickly, Sylvester. Uh, good evening, Naye. Hmm. Uh, you're speaking to uh, Mafriga here in our uh, Sikikuni area. Yes, Mafriga. Okay, uh, let me put it, it in a very simple way why Christians should vote and okay. should vote um, for the right uh, reasons. You see, voting, uh, your vote is uh, signing away your check of uh, millions of rents made of uh, VAT and other uh, taxes to a particular party in order for them to use your money uh, to care for your needs uh, for the period of five years. So whether you like it or not, your money will be used. So you must uh, choose or uh, vote wisely for the party that will actually cater for your needs, not for the thieves. Thank you very much. Good evening. Oh, did it just say for your needs, not for your thieves, for the thieves? My goodness. Okay. Play the next one, please. <laughs> uh, good evening, Mr. Nye and, mm. and the pastor. Eh? Elder. Yes, the, 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 the pastor is right. Um, Jesus did say to the, what you call, to the, to the, what is his fellow congressmen or the believers that they, they must pay 
the the tax when the when he said pay to oga kesar gu kesar do what uh, you must pay uh, the tax so jesus was here for the spiritual not for for kingdom king, kingdom kingdom of 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 ruling the the, the what you call the world or toppled the the government no he was here for more of spirit spiritual things i suspect he meant to say disciples not congressmen play the next one sylvester hey good morning naya um this is adolf in pushback range look uh when we look at the book of uh john uh, the diverse that you have read uh, verse 36 jesus christ was not talking about the the about the, the the participation in the things of the world but he was talking about him being defended you know when he's being arrested and then wanted to be persecuted he was talking about that he was saying he was saying to uh, Pilate that uh, no one can defend him or his kingdom because the, his kingdom is not of this world but is uh, the kingdom is of the spiritual realm is the kingdom of heaven so no one that is why when we check in the in in, in the word of god there, there was a time when jesus christ was arrested and then peter took a sword from one of the soldiers and cut of the ear of one of the soldiers there but jesus christ uh, healed that soldier and then said to peter you devil get behind me this is adolf no 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 you're mixing three different scriptures there him saying get thee behind me satan was in a different environment and the sword was his own he did not take it from the roman soldier (laughs) and the arrest was a different totally different story play the next one sylvester Regarding Christians and voting, mm. uh, I don't think uh, Mfundisi is correct to give reference about Joseph because Joseph was not a Christian uh, to start with. Uh, he was uh, a Hebrew uh, captured, uh, betrayed by his brothers. However, going back to Christians, it is important that Christians uh, participate in the political and community affairs of their society as per the constitutions of those particular societies. Ganjo. All right, thank you very much. We'll leave that there. Um, uh, we're running out of time. I want to give the elder the opportunity to respond. Um, go ahead, Mdala. Do you want to respond? Well, th- thanks, thanks, Naye. There's a quite a lot that has been said, but I'll just take a few of what I've just noted down. Hold the thought. Uh, Hold the thought. Well. Um, if, 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 if you want to respond to the lot, I want to give you the opportunity, sufficient time to do that because we have a few seconds before the news right now. Would you be amiable to come back and giving your closing remarks on the other side of the news? Is that okay? All right. All right. Um, So um, um, I I have noticed that we have other voice notes and some text messages. We'll read those during the open line. So keep them coming. We'll read them then. I appreciate the fact that you've sent your voice notes and uh, we will not be able to play them now because we want the elder to respond. So we're going to go to the news and when we come back from the news, we'll give the elder the opportunity to respond to all of these and perhaps read a few text messages to offer him the opportunity to respond to those as well. And the rest of the voice notes and the text messages will play and read during the open line. It's eight o'clock now. Welcome back and thank you very much for sticking around. You are still listening to Facts of Faith. This is the second hour. We're together until nine o'clock. Now we are giving the elder an opportunity to respond. Joining us on the line for our guest, he is our guest for the subject, is Elder Lolonga Dali of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. He's an elder in King Williamstown Central SDA. He is uh, talking to us not as an elder of uh, uh, King Central. He is not talking to us on behalf of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. He is not talking to us on behalf of the Cape Conference. He is talking to us as an elder, a student of the Bible, and an academic, a PhD candidate, a columnist of the Daily Dispatch, 
and he gives us his perspective. So don't say, but the, the church did not say that. No, no, no. We're asking him his understanding of both sides, the biblical side and the political side. Mdala, thank you very much once again for sticking around. Let's get into it. You want to respond to the voice notes and the calls? Go ahead. Thanks very much, Nate. Just a little bit of correction so that I don't get into trouble for this one. Yeah, yeah. I'm no longer a columnist, I'm no longer a columnist for the Daily Dispatch. I used to be a columnist for them. Yeah. But now I stopped. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's all yeah, right. There's a lot that is, yeah, there's a lot that has been said, and I think the time won't be enough for me to say. I'll just respond to maybe two, one or two of the voice notes. I think there was one guy who said Joseph was not a Christian, but a Jew. Of course, that's true. Uh, although I think he is a bit pedantic, what I wanted to say, <laughs> and the lady who said, the uh, the kingdom of God is within you. Mm. Well, basically, let me just try to summarize what I'm going to say by saying, first of all, we are living in a fallen world, and the fact that the world is fallen is little to do with politics. It's rather it is because of sin. You can't just attribute everything to politics. I I know that the temptation is huge for us to attribute everything to politics and politicians. Even if there were no politics and politicians, the world is a fallen world. Uh, and number two is that uh, we won't have what I usually call as a Goshen experience. If you remember, you read the, the book of Exodus. The Israelites were sort of insulated from what was happening to the rest of Egypt. There would be blood in the rivers of Egypt. There would be nothing in Goshen. There would be some frogs in Egypt. There would be nothing in Goshen. There would be this in Egypt. There would be nothing in Goshen. Basically, what I'm driving at is this one. Even if we don't want to vote, it does not mean everything for us will be fine just because we are Christians, just because we are waiting uh, for a better kingdom instead of this one. Because of sin, because of evil that exists we are going to be affected. Hence, Jesus said, uh, in this world, you will have trouble. He was referring to trouble generally. Uh, little, it had nothing to do with politics as trouble. It, has, it had everything to do with the fact that this world is under uh, the influence of the devil, who rules politicians, who even enters churches, and you'll find that there are politics inside churches. So that's what I wanted to say. Uh, let me stop there and, and give you an opportunity and, and some of the let me let me notes. let me just correct something there, uh, uh, Elder. Um, he was not necessarily being pedantic when he was distinguishing between Christianity and the Hebrews. Remember, with, okay. with Christians, we have a Jesus who said, "Ye have heard, but I say." That distinguishes Christians yes. from other Jews. Other Jews don't have a Jesus who's going to contradict what's in the Old Testament. They have a Jesus who says, ye have heard, but now I say. There's a big, big difference there. That's why even the scriptures are not the same. The scriptures of the Hebrews, or at least the Judeo-Hebraic community, are totally different to the added Christian scriptures. So his distinction there is not really a pedantic one. It's a really, really it's a real distinction, isn't it? Of course, I, I would consider that it's a, it's a real distinction that in that, indeed, Joseph came at a time that people were not talking about Christianity. But Joseph was a man of faith. Joseph was a man who followed God, just like Christians do follow God. The fact that you might try to say, well, he was a Hebrew, he was not necessarily Christian, for me is neither here nor there. The point is that the, his behavior is the kind of behavior that even Christians would love to emulate. The point and your question is that whether Christians should vote, and my argument is that vote is a harmless and an immoral exercise. Yeah, Christians have to Christians have to vote, but your vote should be a matter between you and your God. And secondly, do not try to influence your fellow congregants as to whom they should vote for. Vote and keep quiet about it. All right. So as we conclude, Elder, can we agree that this idea of voting has absolutely nothing to do with scriptures? It, 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 
it may be something that we can discuss as a people, as a nation, as a civilization in this republic here and now. But our scriptures give no guidance whatsoever. Quite frankly, if we were to follow the living life and the lived experiences of Jesus, that would lead to not voting. Would that not be more accurate? To a certain extent, yes, it would be more accurate because Jesus never voted. And the disciples, as far as I know, there is no way in the Bible which says that they voted. But just because Jesus never voted and the disciples never voted, yeah. it does not necessarily make voting a bad thing to do. Not at all. Not it's at all. Something that, yeah, it's something that uh, you do as a civic duty. Yeah. There might be no clear guidelines in the Bible itself as to whether one should vote or not vote. Yeah. But one should remember that there are many other things that we have to use our own discretion ah. in the in terms of voting as far as I'm concerned. We've got to use and our own And not follow discretion. the example of Jesus. That's what you're saying, that use your own discretion. Follow, don't follow this Jesus. Even if he didn't vote, uh, he, he was wayward. He didn't see his own civic duty. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying, Nye. What don't, are you saying, don't, Elder? <laughs> don't, don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> Let's follow the example of Jesus as far as Jesus' behavior as a Christian, not necessarily as a Christian, as a man of faith. But he, he never voted. Concerned. If we were to follow his example, he never voted. Therefore, we shouldn't I'm vote. saying in terms of behavior, let's follow Jesus in terms of his dedication to his faith. Let's follow him 100%. I don't have a problem Where with do you one. draw the line? Where but do you draw the line, Mdala? Where do you draw the line that follow him as far as this is concerned, but not as far as this is concerned? Where do you draw this line? This is an arbitrary line. It's an invisible line. It's a phantom line, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it could be an arbitrary line. I would concede that one. But in civic matters, in which Jesus did not necessarily participate, yes. it does not mean that we should not involve ourselves because we are living in this earth. Why not and... follow him in that regard, Elder? That's our question. Why not follow him? Why do you say follow him in this regard and not in that one? Why do you d sift in the regards that you should follow him? is about character. Christianity is about character. No, sir. That so is not true. Christianity is about not just character, but Jesus' character. It's not just about character. Yeah. It's about Jesus' character. Exactly what I want to say. Yes, yes. Thanks for, for, for that addition. Christianity is about Jesus' character and us reflecting that character. Yeah. The, the point that I'm driving at, we should follow Jesus in that particular character. There's nothing wrong with that one. But we're still citizens of this earth. We've got ideas which show that we belong to particular countries All right. and particular as in so far as we are citizens, yeah. we have ideas. Yeah. We bear a civic duty yeah. to do the voting. Got it. That's what I'm saying. I got it. I got it. Thank you very much, Amdala. Really appreciate it. For the record, um, I too, as an individual South African, as an individual, I don't represent anyone. I don't represent this show, Facts of Faith, because here we're a team of three. Uh, Amanda has got her own views, who is my producer. Sylvester, who's my technical producer, is his own person. I don't represent them. I don't represent SAFM. I don't represent the SABC. I don't represent anybody. I only represent my hat. And I say, vote. Go and vote. Have a say. You have a voice. Use it. That's my say. But then again, uh, you're people of faith. You don't only uh, have your own opinions. You have the character of Jesus you have to follow. Uh, Elder Lolonga Dali, thank you very much for coming through and talking to us. We really appreciate your time. Thank you very much, sir. And also, I appreciate the time that you've given me. Thanks.